Yeah, I mean, since we don't ever remember anything we say. No, I don't remember anything. Especially after 10 days. <laughs> I deny the stuff I did say, even if I do remember it. Mm-hmm. Should I, yeah, denial is always the best policy. I didn't say that. <laughs> that I feel like that it's always funny when uh, someone denies something that is uh, very provably true. <laughs> Yeah. Like when something is documented and <laughs> just deny it, it's it's hilarious. Well, it's not anymore with fucking Trump. He's like jumped the shark on the whole denying something. That's, that's true. Obviously he really true. ruined that. He ruined it for back. everybody. I mean, with like, I guess with like friends or family or whatever is funny. <laughs> yeah, still funny. Still plays. I'm on small circles. <sighs> All right. The big red machine. Big mm. red machine. You know what I thought of? What? What did you think of first? I thought of I thought of the Cincinnati just, Reds. Oh yeah, the big red machine. Mm-hmm. That is Pete true. Pete Rose. That was uh, yeah. Johnny Bench. I was gonna say I can't uh, name any other players, but I think that's all. That's that's it all. It's just Pete Rose and Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench <laughs> yeah. sounds made up. That sounds like uh, a name of an athlete in a sports movie. It does. He was uh, the catcher, too. I feel like that's a oh, good okay. catcher name as well. What position did Pete Rose play? I don't know. Head gambler? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Team bookie? God. That, that, I bet you in sports was fun back then. Yeah, sports used to be cool. <laughs> when, it, when it was played by a bunch of drunk white men. Yeah. <laughs> Doing all kinds of drugs, gambling, carousing, carousing. Those canoodling. were the days. Have you have you had um, Big Red uh, the soda? It's popular in Texas, as I understand. Yes, uh, I have had Big Red. I enjoy it. I enjoy a, a red soda. I don't think like I don't think I've ever had Big flavored red. What, cream soda. It's a basically Big Red is a red cream soda. I've had red. It's, cream It's soda. a red cream soda. Yeah. Okay. What is the difference between red cream soda and regular cream soda? Just the color, or is there a uh, flavor difference? Oh, big flavor difference. The, uh, the, the red cream soda is much sweeter and fruitier. Cream soda um, is, is much more bland. It's almost mm. like a, a ginger ale, but with like vanilla instead of ginger being the kind of note there. Okay. I, I, I mean, I like cream soda, and I've, I, I know I've had regular cream soda and red cream soda, but not recently enough to know the difference. Yeah. Red cream soda is kind of vanilla cherry, and cream soda is kind of just vanilla. Okay. I mean, that sounds nice. I like cherry vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing. I, I'm exclusively red cream soda. I don't drink cream soda. I don't feel like I've seen red cream soda available in the store. For a long time. Where do you get that? Well, some hipsters should get on that shit. Like some sort of like fancy... They could make it in small batches. Yeah, small batch red cream soda. Pure cane sugar, glass bottles. Yeah, yep. you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Somebody get on that shit. Call it Big Red Machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. Welcome to the Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Steele, and each week, Jeremy Cohen and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. 
This week, indie music icons Aaron Dessner and Justin Vernon collaborate on collaborating as a collective ideal. The process is the community. It's just people creating the biggest, reddest machine you've ever seen. Next on the Radio Cure. Hey, Jerry. That intro is way too complicated for the state that I'm in right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this album is probably going to be that too then. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you feel like that the drunker and more stones you get, the, the more complicated albums become uncomplicated um yes um but talking about them becomes complicated oh it's a vicious it does become more complicated and i I, i'm not battling in sobriety right now i'm battling extreme tiredness along with being kind of (laughs) drunk fatigue fatigue (laughs) fatigue now you're a fibromyalgia sufferer Uh, i don't think all of our listeners know that so Oh, that's it. You have me confused with my mother, but um, <laughs> I appreciate the thought. <laughs> Good friend of the pod. Uh, <laughs> God, I hope she never listens to this. <laughs> For so many right. reasons. You're going to get extreme talking to here. <laughs> I'm the favorite. So, I don't get talking tos. Oh, no, that's true. That is, that is nice. We're both uh, the youngest children, which makes us the favorite. Right. I mean, you feel you kind of like learn from your older siblings mistakes. Mm-hmm. You, you you know what not to do. And and I think just naturally you're the most loved. Yes, I, I agree. Usually the best looking, uh, although not in your mm. case, since I'm married to your sister. <laughs> um, <laughs> usually the smartest. Um, I'll give you that. Um well, well, oh my god, you're gonna have to cut that. Wait, Sarah doesn't listen to she this. Doesn't listen she doesn't listen to either. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> None of the women in our lives listen to the podcast. No, that's not true. Julie does. Yeah, she doesn't give a fuck, though. <laughs> our first ever listener, which I should mention, we were going to say this, and then we're already off track, oh, God. that uh, we've gotten we've gotten uh, a few more listeners in the past couple of weeks. The little interview bump, Tacky Annie. Shout out to them. Um, nice. I always think that's true. We got one last year, too, when we did an interview. Uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're only allowed one interview interviews. a year, so <laughs> <laughs> that's our bump. <laughs> Just one per year. It's all we need. In 30 um, years, we'll be mildly successful. Well, you know, the, it's, a, it's a whole system. This, it's a, like a feudal system, the indie music world. We're serfs right now. I, I, I would have thought we were a bit lower than that, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> um, so, yes, if uh, if you're a new listener to the pod, we do a thing where if you have a uh, comment or suggestion or think our take is bullshit um, on the band, which it will probably definitely be tonight. Uh, yeah, because we're th- both a little loose. We both don't really care about this, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's come uh, it's come to mixed reviews as well. So, um, if you have a take and it's hot, uh, just go ahead and go to iTunes reviews, uh, throw it in there, uh, along with a five star review. Thank you very much, uh, and uh, we'll read it out on the show. Get a little participation from the crowd, if it were. As yeah, even, even if you Who's think our worth? show is garbage, tell us that in the comments, but give us a five-star review, for God's sake. For the love of God! 
Um, <laughs> no, no. I, it might even actually be good, better if it's uh, not very nice to us. Yeah. The laughs. We're going for the laughs, guys. We're going for the laughs. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can't get them from ourselves, we'll get them from our adoring fans, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although they may not be funny if we, they think we're funny, which is a problem. Oh, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> it's a weird theory. I'm not going to get into that right now. Okay, good. <laughs> I've got, I've got, we, we've got, we've got no time for radio cure conspiracy theories. We got a big red bullet coming right at us. Mm. The big red machine. How do you feel about that? First off, let's just talk about the name. We kind of joked about it in the intro, uh, the cold start there. I think that. What's going on with this thing? I, I think that the name of the band, or even calling this a band, I don't know. Um, a collective. It's collective. I think it's like hyper intentional. Because I, I think that based on listening to the album and uh, reading about it, reading some reviews and things like that, I it seems like a machine that is churning out kind of musical experiments. Mm. So they're just inputting data into a machine. It's like, and kind of seeing what happens. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, um, it'll make more sense. I think if I read, um, this from where the hell did I get this? I I don't know. know. It's nowhere on here. From the from from the computer, from the computer, <laughs> the Googles. Um, it'll be in the show notes where I got this from. But it was either Paste, Pitchfork, AV Club. What was the other one I was reading? Anyway, one of those four, including the uh, the one I didn't name. Uh, <laughs> Big Red Machine was a decade in the making, starting with the sketch of a song. The Nationals' Aaron Dessner sent Bon Ivers. Justin Vernon for the dark was the night charity compilation. Are you familiar with this dark? One of them said era defining dark was the night charity complicated. That was pitchfork that said that. Cause I read that one. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> the only one. Was it a compliment? Was it a compilation for pitchfork? Was it like a, one of those pitchfork compilations? I, I, Why was it era defining? I don't even know about this. I was in the era. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're doing a bad job. I don't know. (laughs) We are doing a bad job. (laughs) Yeah, there's no maybe. That is nailed on. (laughs) (laughs) But so you're not at all familiar with Dark Was the Night. No, I am not. Desner says, it almost feels strange to call it an album. Uh, Desner wrote on the eve of its release, it's simply part of a process and part of a community that is growing all the time. It's part of a friendship and a conversation. Wow. That's some See, here's this is the thing. Like Paul and I are uh reading Wittgenstein's uh philosophical investigations uh as a part of this book club we're a part of. And um I described it to Sarah as the kind of book that makes people think, see, this is why philosophy is totally fucking bullshit, right? It just like reads like this is stupid. This is just fucking pretentious bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like this album is kind of like that too, where it's like, oh, okay, see, this is where it kind of turns into complete and utter 
bullshit. This like we're getting way ahead of ourselves with this whole creative process and talking it out and stuff like that. But I'm still reading Wittgenstein's philosophical investigations. And I think that if you get over how like pretentious these ideas are from mm-hmm. these guys, it, it actually is something to kind of unpack. No, or do you I, think it's just complete bullshit? Uh, well, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I immediately described this album to a friend of mine as pretentious. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, but no, it's it's good, though. And and I, I was like, well, that just because something is pretentious doesn't mean it doesn't have value or isn't good. And mm-hmm. then I uh, <laughs> went to good old dictionary dot com to look up the definition of pretentious. And the uh, <laughs> the second definition, uh, I, I think, is apt for this. It's uh, making an exaggerated outward show ostentatious, which is. Seems much less negative than the first definition, which is uh, <laughs> being uh, very like showy, essentially without merit. Yeah, to me, these guys are in a place in their careers where um, they're on the backside of their careers, but yet there's really no end to making music. Um, you know, I mean, a painter is like Monet made. Uh, paintings uh, into his 80s and some of those late ones are really great because he started getting um, cataracts and so (laughs) the image was even blurrier so even more Mm. impressionistic Um, (laughs) if Monet can be more impressionistic I'm not sure Um, could I be wearing any more clothes (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I, I, I I think just dismissing this whole thing as this weird pretentious thing is kind of a mistake because there's like I I, I get that this could be off-putting to people um, and weird but there's some there's some moments on here I feel like that are actually like enjoyable to listen to on a almost superficial level yeah, absolutely. You have to trust the process. And I think these guys are getting into something late in life where they're like, we can both collaborate with each other, but also young artists, people coming up. We can create this whole community where even though we're on the backside of our careers, we can still be a part of the influencers, a, a part of um, kind of what's happening now. And so I, I, they're, they're trying to do something real different. And, and I'll finish the... Uh, I'll finish the review here, the excerpt I got, because uh, it kind of explains what's going on. That community for this project, anchored by Desner and Vernon, includes vocalists like Lisa Hannigan, Phoebe Bridges, This Is The Kits, Kate Stables, and Arcade Fire's Richard Reed Perry, and stringed arrangements from Rob Moose and Desner's twin brother, Bryce. In all, it includes more than two dozen contributors from the minimalistic people all caps, a music platform created by Vernon and the Desners to encourage collaboration and sharing. The resulting music can sound at times like a national album with Vernon's echoing, manipulated falsetto serving as a stark contrast to the warm, intimate baritone of Matt Barron and Bert. <laughs> Longtime listeners will know. What's going on there? Uh, and at other times, like Avant Bon Iver, 
Is it Bon Iver or Bon Iver? I like I like saying Iver. It's Bon Iver. Okay, good. Bon Iver. Bon Iver. It's French. <laughs> it sounds so, so bon so foreign. Bon Iver. <laughs> Album with more complex and inventive chordal patterns and rhythmic structures. Like a good rhythmic structure. Uh, I you like can a good hear... chordal pattern. <laughs> Big chordal. I ride for chordal patterns. Uh, you can hear the influence of Vernon's work in the hip hop, hip hop, hippity hop hop world in both the underlying beats and his vocals on the tracks Gratitude and Layla. Layla! Got Lila. me on my knees, Layla. <laughs> well, it's Layla on this album. <laughs> yeah, but that's neither Lila. here nor there. <laughs> Classic Eric Clapton song, Layla. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, I got the giggles uh, polyrhythms oh, that, that means like multiple rhythms band. right <laughs> multiple multiple rhythms uh, and the odd time signatures Desner loves to employ with the nationals abound uh, and combined with Vernon's recent sonic exploration on 22 a million and sometimes incomprehensible word salads Immediate accessibility isn't really the goal here, but those complexities and sonic risks are also where the music is most rewarding. Mm. I do feel uh, like um, now. So you, it's a collective people. You, yeah, I like the concept, and I like that this album seems. Uh, <sighs> this sounds insane, but it seems. Like these two could go on making tracks forever and tracks for days. You wouldn't be able to like, like this album seems like unstuck in time from their hypothetical discography. Does that make sense? It, it, it could be on anyone's it, albums it, it, it at any time. The, it anywhere. could be in the middle of everything these two do. It could be the end. I like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it, uh, which sounds like a bad thing based on how I usually, I, I usually like a, like a cohesive album. I think we both do. Um, but there, I don't know. There's something about this that seems not cohesive, but in an interesting way, as opposed to like a lazy way. I, I agree. I, I think that collaboration, uh, you know, death by, um, committee uh, as it were sometimes gets a little wonky but if your intention is to have wonky parts because collaboration is something that it's almost as if like let's bring all kinds of different people together and we'll create some shit and we'll create some good stuff Mm -hmm. but we'll trust the process and we'll put everything out right? right and so if it's if it's uh a failed collaboration that may be just as interesting mm-hmm. in the long run as a, it, it would almost be interesting if, if they only put out one album and they just kept adding to it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of hope that they do that. I don't know how likely that is, but I don't, I don't know. It, it seems like it would work to me. I don't know. This is, this is a hard one to talk about. I, well, I have a, a couple of hot takes. Okay. Would you like? Would you like them? I, I would. I have got your oven mitts no on. No takes, neither hot nor cold. 
Uh, one of them is that, which is maybe not so hot of a take, but th- these two, I think, okay, let me back up. Okay. Uh, I think what Aaron Dessner wanted to do on Sleep Well Beast is actually better in the hands of Justin Vernon's voice. I think that is so true. Hot take. I agree with that a thousand percent. Right? I I think that he was exercising some Sleep Well Beast demons where in in some of those songs, I can even hear it after listening to this uh, so much, getting ready for... We were going to do this a couple of weeks ago, too, uh, when they had already released six songs, and then we decided to Mm. do uh, something else. So... I, I could I can hear some of those Sleep Well Beast songs um, with with his voice and being like, yeah, those would be so much more successful. Right. And then not that they were bad. I, I still am OK with Sleep Well Beast. You're the one that doesn't like it just for the record. Right. Yeah. For any new listeners, I <laughs> hate that album with all my heart. <laughs> but love the national with the other half of your heart. Exactly. <laughs> My medium-sized American heart. Ah. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Um, now, uh, quickly as an aside, like I, I already feel like it's not maybe not the best idea to go into individual songs, even though we have some picked out. Um, we'll see if time allows. But um, you, you are uh, a Bon Iver fan, right? Yeah, I would I would say that although um I've come in and out of Boniver fandom. Okay. Hugely in on on that first album. That was a, a huge part of a specific um aspect or time of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh I I ended up seeing him on that album. They actually opened for Wilco. Okay. When still people hadn't really caught on to the album yet, so he was still like an opener. Yeah. They got huge. They got really big off that album. They did. Um, and I lost it for a sec. And then 22 A Million, I, I really liked. Yeah, I that's... thought that was a very, very good, like, weird experimental album. That's the only Bon Iver album I like. Really? Mm-hmm. Um... You so didn't it, get up for forever for Emma? No, 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 no. Sorry? I I I didn't even feel indifferent to it. I actively dislike that. Wow. Um that so an anorexic love, not even a skinny love. <laughs> um was it the falsetto? What 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 aspect I, of that I didn't I don't like his iconic and canonical album did you not like? I did. I didn't. I the main thing was the falsetto. I don't like when he sings in that. Um, he does it a couple times on here. But see, his falsetto for this kind of music is way better than Matt Berninger's falsetto. Yes, a hundred percent agree. He loses his like soft dulcet tones when he tries mm-hmm. to do the falsetto. But this guy sounds like he was made for falsetto. Yeah. And then the moments on this album when he goes like deeper and more gravelly, I really mm-hmm. like on this album. It's very good, yeah. And and you don't get a lot of his pure voice on no. 
uh, 22 a million. No, a lot of it's like very like heavily like auto tuned, like mm-hmm. a hip hop record would be. Yeah. Um, so and of course he has hip hop influences uh, at this time in his life. They talked about the hippity hop world with yeah. him, and some of these could be backtracks for uh, hip hop songs. Yeah, absolutely. So twenty two a million to me is like experimental in a different way. It's like a cohesive experiment. The whole thing fits together, yeah. even though it's completely wild and crazy. This falls apart in all sorts of different ways. And like I said, I think that the whole idea of this collective is that there should be sharing above everything yeah. and not necessarily kind of um, calling out, cull- calling out, C-U-L, uh, all of the, you know, less successful tracks. Yeah, and like that that's why I, 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 I hope what they do is just keep releasing out songs yeah i agree uh, and, and it keeps getting added onto this album like i don't want them to make another album that's a great we should talk to them about this because i think this is really i think we get their project and actually only releasing one album it's just a playlist big red exactly. machine is a playlist keep adding to the play just, that's that is what i am hoping for. and that's what this feels like this feels like a mm-hmm. playlist of interesting weird shit not all of it i like some of it i think is pretty good yeah. and enjoyable to listen to but if they just kept adding to it as if it was a playlist i i think that's really interesting and that's what this sounds like this sounds like the beginning of a playlist that's not done yet yeah Absolutely. So let's let's talk about a few of these songs. Okay. We are going a lo- little bit longer than usual. Uh, Deep Green starts it off. I feel like I've said what I wanted to say about that in the sense that I expected to hear Matt Berenger's yes voice, but yet Vernon fits so much better. It's I know. Like this- it, it, yeah. <laughs> It's a passing in the ashes, it's the ground that you eat And you'll know you need a minute to repair So when you teach them better, teach them to share So when they're standing by a river, you won't have to say You panicked on me It's soulful in like this Joe Cocker way, like it's like yeah. gravelly Americana and I like, uh, the music in Deep Green, I think, is interesting. It sounds like very amnesiac to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the avant-garde guitar that it, like mm-hmm. is looped in there and kind of doing some sort of little bloop, kind of a thing. I feel like every bleep and bloop that I hear can be like Radiohead is the Kevin Bacon of bleeps and bloops. Like you can get back to Radiohead with any bleep and bloop. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's just an aside. I, I mean, I, I think more directly with this one than a lot of things, though. Yeah. But uh, I, I thought this it, it sounds uh, kind of like Adams for Peace, uh, the mm. Tom York work. Yeah. Uh, solo, specifically in the Radiohead Bleep and Bloop catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of brings up a theme that we'll see in the next song, but I'm a devotee. It has this kind of general spirituality, uh, to his voice. It, it sounds soulful in, in, like I was saying, the Joe Cocker way, but also in the gospel way. Yes. Jesus. 
<laughs> that fishes and loaves and whatnot. Yeah, all that stuff. Hymnostic. Uh, I think that's the most successful song on this entire playlist that we're calling it. Yeah, I would say this is um, the most uh, conventional song as far as like song mm. structure goes. I don't mean that in a way that it's like boring. Um, it just has like the least like experimentation going on, I feel like. Mm. Very classic, uh, like Mississippi old school, like gospel, mm. like Go Brother exactly. type of stuff. Um, they're I mean, playing they're, they're, church. It's like a different like, context, but they're just like making yeah. word salad out of churchy words. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the lyrics are batshit insane throughout this whole thing. <laughs> they are. Rock of ages. Something I heard in church long ago. It's fucking crazy. But I mean, like just musically speaking, I, I feel like this is the most straightforward one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some little weirdness in there, but it's... Like, they're, like, the very beginning is, like, a real creepy, like, Radiohead-style yeah. dystopia-sounding. But then it those pianos come in, and it it sa- goes into more of, like, an old-timey type of deal. Yeah, the piano grounds the whole thing. The piano is so gospel, it was almost triggering to me. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Like, like <laughs> fucking flashbacks to sitting still in church and shit. Mm-hmm. Forest Green, the only reason I wanted to bring this one up, it's a really good soundtrack song kind of simple repret re, simple repetitive repetitive mm-hmm. repressive uh but this one i heard first out of all of them because i listened to american fiasco it's a podcast kind of yeah. like s town with soccer yes. yeah roger bennett of uh, men and blazers uh, and of the soho <laughs> the we work in soho yeah <laughs> Worked on the same floor as me. Which, for our longtime listeners, would know that yeah. you and him were we work pals. Yeah. <laughs> this one, um, uh, this was something you brought up earlier. Um, this one to me sounded a, the most like the national musically. I was gonna give you all the Yes, this is what I was going to really bring up about Sleep Well Beast because you hear a track like this and the dour, somber tones of Matt Berenger just like takes it to this like really negative place. But yes, the, the upbeat like this sound song, of Vernon yeah, like is so much better. I, I know this song like starts and it's like you're just like waiting for Matt Berenger to come in and then he mm-hmm. doesn't and it's actually better. Yeah. I fell on deep green. It's yeah. It, it's kind of it was it was really illuminatory moment for me. I was like, wow, what would a Justin Vernon 
like if that Matt Berenger just like lost his shit, you know, right? How which guys do sometimes, and then just like Justin Vernon just like came in. I think it would sound something like this, and it, <laughs> and it's good. Like I mean, Matt Berenger is like definitely in my top five favorite singers of all time for any. Band. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't mean to disparage him, but I, I I think this musical direction that uh the des this this lone Desner has gone and mm-hmm. it, it really does fit Justin Fern's voice better. Yeah. It's, it's, it's confirmed. I mean, and this is the perfect blend of that indie and computer shit. I, I don't even call it electronic anymore. It's computer. The stuff that yeah. they're doing is more computer. I feel like electronic is more like LCD where it's a yeah, little more. I think you more... associate that more with dance type of music. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but these, but this is definitely more computer. I won't run from it. Is is kind of out of nowhere and kind of re- yeah. refreshing. Again, it's just channeling that '70s cocker, Bruce Hornsby, Mark Cohn, you know, walking in Memphis kind of voice. Yeah, I feel like that one's similar to Hypnostic in that there's not quite as many insane, weird musical things going on in it. Yeah, straightforward, straightforward tune. And really, I would. If I was expecting this album to be something that is like cohesive and a complete thing from a band that I, I already know or I'm trying to get to know, I would say, well, this is an outlier. This is weird. But yeah. if we're thinking of it more in this kind of playlist mentality that we are, uh, we just decided the Radio Care um, has. <laughs> It's our that official it, stance. It's our official stance. That it makes way more sense. That that just yeah. you know, there's just a little different feel to it. Took the morning to flow. Took the morning to find. I got a vision of a mission, but an awkward vibe. Too living, too scared. Too loving, too close. Now look at you know. I thought it'd be hilarious if I started referring to things that sound like the national is sounding nationalistic. Oh, you waited, had, yeah, so I've long. had so many opportunities. Opportunities. Yeah, I, it's very nationalistic. I fucking blew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's real nationalistic sounding. I like it. But let's let's from here on out, anytime we want to say something sounds like the national, we're gonna use the term nationalistic. Nationalistic. See, new listeners, you're getting on, on uh, the ground floor of a running joke here. God forbid this is the first episode someone listens to. People like these ones better. <laughs> I mean, I won't people? get into it because this is a tangent about ourselves, which is the worst kind of tangent. But I think people like off the rails radio care. That's why, they, that's why they like those Lizzie Goodman ones. <laughs> we're never on topic. We're all over the place. Um, Melt, when you said you wanted to talk about it, I thought that it's actually like a really good 
playlist piece. Like you could yes. put this somewhere mm -hmm. and it'd be really fun, but it's very repetitive and almost yes. like a, almost like a, um, a section of a song got blown out into a whole song. Yes, absolutely. Which is, I mean, it's like the whole album. This whole album is a section of a playlist that got blown out into something else. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like this, it kind of seems like the end of an album. Like as much as this project could have an ending, this somehow seems appropriate to me. Absolutely. It's a, I mean, the great guitar loop drives the whole thing forward and allows everything to be kind of crazy and experimental around it, yeah. which is what this record is about. You have kind of one thing that sets the tone and then everything else can be complex and weird yeah. and take all these sonic risks as, as they call them. Uh, I think it's a really cool closer to an album like this. I also said, and I want to get this in because I thought it was kind of funny, like an incantation at a self-esteem retreat. <laughs> oh my God. Because it that, just keeps that repeating the That seems like a perfect descriptor of Justin Vernon in general. What is nothing to see. We got no kind of bad. What you want to keep. Just follow your feet. With your heart in your mouth. And your bow in your feet. He is. He's some hippie shit um, guy with a guitar at a uh, retreat just being like, you are who you are, man. You are who you are. Everybody together. Say it. Say it. You are who you are. When I like getting back to that early, earlier point, I like it when he's not singing that falsetto. And this is this mm -hmm. more like gravelly version of him. It almost sounds like. Bruce Springsteen in a way to me where it's like that just like real raw like just super masculine vocals yeah I mean it's like a, a motivational speaker like it 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 does have that feeling to it because he's kind of on a soapbox screaming and mm -hmm. you know well I know it's a struggle it's some kind of debacle you fancy your feast but you're dreading your speech just follow your feet it's like a call to action mm-hmm Stop talking. Start walking. Ooh. That's a D. That's, that's 50 minutes in and I got that rhyme just out of nowhere. Nice Proud of did. myself. Poet and you didn't even know it. I must have gone to a self-esteem retreat because I am loving myself right now. <laughs> Doing a great job. Great job at the radio care here, Nate is. Mm -hmm. Self-love. It's good. Self-love. Uh, but that's what you get from the community. You get a lot of encouragement and a lot of like, yeah, follow that. Go with that. Let's see where that takes us. And then you get these kind of songs. Yeah. All right. I think that does it for us this time. Check out The Big Red Machine and tell us what you think by leaving us a review in iTunes. And we'll read out your take on the next show. Follow the link in the show notes to all the reviews and music used in this episode to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to The Radio Cure. Bye. Do you think that um, there are any vending machines that like have the big red logo on them? Because you'd be like, I'm going to the big red machine. That'd be a that'd be a great uh, album cover where it's just the uh, 
the vending machine and it's all their songs. You can pick which mm. one. B56. Yeah, it's just like the original like old school big red soda logo on the mm-hmm. front and then each of the like selections where you select what flavor you want are the track names. I like it. Again, we think way These more are great about marketing ideas. for other people than ourselves. These are great ideas, Justin, Aaron. I know you're listening. <laughs> Come on, take these ideas and run. It's perfect. It's the beginning of a good um, music video, too. You could maybe it's even a- make a shirt out of that. Mm-hmm. It's got potential. Good IP there. Mm-hmm.